The Coming of Sir Galahad by Beatrice Clay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Coming of Sir Galahad. Many times had the Feast of Pentecost come round, and many were the knights that Arthur had made since first he founded the Order of the Round Table. Yet no knight had appeared who dared claim the seat named by Merlin, the Siege Perilous. At last, one vigil of the great feast, a lady came to Arthur's court at Camelot, and asked Sir Lancelot to ride with her into the forest hard by, for a purpose not then to be revealed. Lancelot consenting, they rode together until they came to a nunnery hidden deep in the forest, and there the lady bade Lancelot dismount, and led him into a great and stately room. Presently there entered twelve nuns, and with them a youth, the fairest that Lancelot had ever seen. Sir, said the nuns, we have brought up this child in our midst, and now that he has grown to manhood, we pray you make him knight, for of none worthier could he receive the honour. Is this thy own desire? asked Lancelot of this young squire, and when he said that it was so, Lancelot promised to make him knight after the great feast festival had been celebrated in the church next day. So on the morrow, after they had worshipped, Lancelot knighted Galahad, for that was the youth's name, and asked him if he would ride at once with him to the king's court. But the young knight excusing himself, Sir Lancelot rode back alone to Camelot, where all rejoiced that he was returned in time to keep the feast with the whole order of the round table. Now, according to his custom, King Arthur was waiting for some marvel to befall before he and his knights sat down to the banquet. Presently, a squire entered the hall and said, Sir King, a great wonder has appeared. There floats on the river a mighty stone, as it were a block of red marble, and it is thrust through by a sword, the hilt of which is set thick with precious stones. On hearing this, the King and all his knights went forth to view the stone, and found it as the squire had said. Moreover, looking closer, they read these words, None shall draw me hence but only he by whose side I must hang, and he shall be the best knight in all the world. Immediately, all bade Lancelot draw forth the sword, but he refused, saying that the sword was not for him. Then at the king's command, Sir Gawain made the attempt and failed, as did Sir Percival after him. So the knights knew the adventure was not for them, and returning to the hall, took their places about the round table. No sooner were they seated than an aged man, clothed all in white, entered the hall, followed by a young knight in red armour, by whose side hung an empty scabbard. The old man approached King Arthur, and bowing low before him, said, Sir, I bring you a young knight of the house, and lineage of Joseph of Arimathea, and through him shall great glory be won for all the land of Britain. Greatly did King Arthur rejoice to hear this, and welcomed the two right royally. Then, when the young knight had saluted the king, the old man led him to the Siege Perilous, and drew off its silken cover, and all the knights were amazed, for they saw that where had been engraved the words, The Siege Perilous, was written now in shining gold, This is the siege of the noble prince, Sir Galahad. Straightway the young man seated himself there where none other had ever sat without danger to his life, and all who saw it said, one to another, Surely, this is he that shall achieve the Holy Grail. Now the Holy Grail was the blessed dish from which our Lord had eaten the Last Supper, 
and it had been brought to the land of Britain by Joseph of Arimathea. But because of men's sinfulness, it had been withdrawn from human sight, only that from time to time it appeared to the pure in heart. When all had partaken of the royal banquet, King Arthur bade Sir Galahad come with him to the river's brink, and showing him the floating stone with the sword thrust through it, told him how his knights had failed to draw forth the sword. Sir, said Galahad, it is no marvel that they failed, for the adventure was meant for me, as my empty scabbard shows. So saying, lightly he drew the sword of the heart of the stone, and lightly he slid it into the scabbard at his side. While all yet wondered at this adventure of the sword, there came riding to them a lady on a white palfrey who, saluting King Arthur, said, Sir King, Nacian the hermit sends thee word that this day shall great honour be shown to thee and all thine house, for the Holy Grail shall appear in thy hall, and thou and all thy fellowship shall be read therefrom. And to Lancelot she said, Sir Knight, thou hast ever been the best knight of all the world, but another has come to whom thou must yield precedence. Then Lancelot answered humbly, I know well I was never the best. Aye, of a truth thou wast and art still of sinful men, said she, and rode away before any could question her further. So that evening, when all were gathered around the round table, each knight in his own siege, suddenly there was heard a crash of thunder, so mighty that the hall trembled, and there flashed into the hall a sunbeam, brighter far than any that had ever been seen, and then draped all in white summit, there glided through the air what none might see, yet what all knew to be the Holy Grail. And all the air was filled with sweet odours, and on every one was shed a light in which he looked fairer and nobler than ever before. So they sat in an amazed silence, till presently King Arthur rose and gave thanks to God for the grace given to him and to his court. Then up sprang Sir Gwain, and made his avow to follow for a year and a day the quest of the Holy Grail, if perchance he might be granted the vision of it. Immediately, other of the knights followed his example, binding themselves to the quest of the Holy Grail, until, in all, one hundred and fifty had vowed themselves to the adventure. Then was King Arthur grieved, for he foresaw the ruin of his noble order, and turning to Sir Gawain, he said, Nephew, you have done ill, for through you I am bereft of the noblest company of knights that ever brought honour to any realm in Christendom. Will I know that never again shall all of you gather in this hall, and it grieves me to lose men I have loved as my life, and through whom I have won peace and righteousness for all my realm. So the king mourned, and his knights with him, but their oaths they could not recall. End of The Coming of Sir Galahad by Beatrice Clay